Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 624 for the 6th of January, 2019. This week, if you have tens of thousands of digital images on your computer, finding the one you want is probably a time-consuming procedure. But a plug-in for Adobe Lightroom uses artificial intelligence that lets users find images by describing them. And it works. In short circuits, some users who installed the Windows 10 October release in October had problems so severe that Microsoft withdrew the update. Near the end of December, they released it again. Now it works right. There are no significant changes to the podcast for 2019, but the TechBiter Worldwide website has been rebuilt from scratch. It's spare parts, only on the website. Because there's no way to make electricity move faster, speed gains are achieved by reducing the distance electricity must travel inside computers. This is measured in microns. Monitor manufacturers will be showing off tremendously wide screens at the Consumer Electronics Show this week in Las Vegas. And the Linux Foundation continues to expand as one of the primary supporters of open source software. It's not unusual for people to have tens of thousands of digital photographs on their computers, and that can make finding the one you want difficult. Those who use Lightroom and religiously add keywords when they import the images will have an easier task, but a lot of people don't take the time to do that. So maybe we need to hire someone to curate our images. Curate is a perfectly reasonable term, and its use in the meaning of organizing and caring for artworks goes back to just before my mother was born. She was born in 1910. But curate seems to be the trendy new word that marketers and PR folks work in, whether it fits or not. So you really don't need someone or something to curate your tens of thousands of images. What you need is someone or something to organize your tens of thousands of images and then help you find the ones you want when you're looking for them. Enter Xire Search, a plug-in for Lightroom Classic on either Windows or Mac OS. Xire Search uses artificial intelligence to examine all of your images, analyze their content, and classify them so that it can direct you to the images you're looking for. The initial process takes a while. For my 67,000 images, the initial process consumed more than 12 hours. That may seem excessive, but after all, it happens only once. Following the first initialization run, Xire Search told me that it had indexed nearly 66,000 of my 67,000 images. About 400 images were skipped because they were virtual copies or part of a photo stack. That's not a problem because finding the indexed photo would lead me to the virtual copy or the stack. Nine photos were in the Lightroom catalog, but Xire Search couldn't find them. These are likely images that I had deleted incorrectly. Xire Search also found 635 photos that were too small, 
and these are doubtless modified images that I used to store in Lightroom until eventually I got smart and realized that's not a good idea. So no additional action was needed for any of those. XIR Search also identified 180 images that were too large. These would be panorama images or other modified images. These 180 images were added to a Lightroom collection, and XIR Search explained that I could have Lightroom create smart previews if I wanted XIR Search to organize them. I chose to do that, and the process took less than a minute. The version of Xire Search that I tested initially didn't automatically initialize new photographs, so the user had to run the initialization process manually after adding photos. But an update released in late December fixed that. But the user does need to visit Lightroom's Plugin Manager and change the Xire Search settings. Xire recommends that when the images are substantially modified, that the user run an update process so that the program can make note of any changes. Xire Search can search by keyword, by an example photo, and that can be a photo that's in the Lightroom catalog, a photo that's on your computer but not in the catalog, or anywhere on the internet. It can also search generally for faces. The keyword function isn't like Lightroom's built-in function that depends on the user to create keywords. Instead, Xire Search has its own keywords. The basic program has 125 keywords that it uses to organize images. The pro version increases the count to about 500 keywords. According to Xire, while 125 keywords are optimal for the average user who wants to keep things simple, professional photographers and serious hobbyists work with larger catalogs and will benefit from more refined keywords. You might be wondering where Xire keeps all of the information it needs to classify your images. The database is stored in the same directory as the corresponding Lightroom catalog. The Xire search file has the same core name as the Lightroom catalog with the suffix xire.excat. Two things surprised me. First, the file isn't stored on the boot drive. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Too many applications try to store information on the boot drive, and that increasingly is a problem as more and more people install solid-state drives, which are typically relatively small, as the C drive. And my second surprise, well, the file was a lot smaller than I expected it to be. My Lightroom catalog is 1.3 gigabytes. The Xire file is less than 500 megabytes. And for my first test of the Xire catalog, I decided to search by keyword. The keywords are divided into two general categories, image content and image property. Content options include terms like people, textures, animals, food, and vehicles, each with a lot of subcategories. The property options are terms such as bright, colorful, dark, high contrast, and things like that. There are also checkboxes where it's possible to select a dominant color from the image. Or you can just start by typing a keyword and see if Xire knows that keyword. I started with cat, figuring that Xire would have cat in its catalog, and knowing that I have a lot of pictures of cats. Well, I have nearly 4,000 pictures of cats, about 3,300 ordinary cats, 600 large cats, and a few caterpillars. Caterpillars. They're not really cats, but, well, anyway. So I knew cats would be pretty easy. I decided to try something a little less common. Chickens. Well, as it turns out, I have 23 pictures with chickens in them. 
If someone had asked me for a picture with a chicken, I probably would have denied having any. The artificial intelligence seems to do a very good job of examining the images and determining what's in them. Next, I selected a picture of Chloe Cat and chose to search by example photo. XIR Search immediately told me that I had a preposterous number of cat pictures and warned me that the search might take a long time. So I limited the search to no more than 1,500 pictures, and the application returned 1,500 cat images in about 20 seconds. I then gave the XIR Search for Faces option a try, selecting a single person, an adult, and a female as the search options. A few of the returned images had more than one person in them, but each image had at least one adult female subject as the main part of the photograph, even when the photograph was that of an artwork with an adult female subject. All right, so that was a lot of fun. But now let's move on to the real magic. I've spent a bit of time in New York City. I have a good stock of images from there but they're scattered throughout the Lightroom catalog. Some of them are digitized images from 1980s film. Others are from trips taken there over a decade or more. Finding these images isn't particularly easy. So I found a photo of Times Square on a website and grabbed the image's URL. After pasting the URL into the Xire Search dialog box, I told the application to return 100 matching images. Some of the images Xire Search identified are of Times Square. Many are not, but virtually all of the images are of New York City. And I can forgive the application for suggesting a few photographs from Columbus and other cities, because, after all, I can't exactly expect Exire to know every block of every city in the world. And for my final test, I went back to keywords to use multiple selections from the image property choices. I selected bright, colorful, and high contrast. There are 3,019 bright images, 1,814 colorful images, and 3,609 high-contrast images. Images that are bright, colorful, and high-contrast, three. To make the process even easier, you can add XIR keywords to the Lightroom catalog. Keywords can be transferred for an individual photograph, all images in a film strip, or all images in the catalog. Adding Xire's keywords to the Lightroom catalog for 65,000 of my 67,000 files took 11 minutes? Really? That fast? And in addition to being able to have Xire Search Pro create keywords as images are imported, the user can also specify that the new search terms should be transferred to the Lightroom catalog during the import process. Some users may find that this slows the import process a bit. I didn't. If you do, Xire does provide an option to delay the import process for a certain number of seconds. The advantage here is that basic searches can now be conducted within Lightroom. And although adding the keywords took only a few minutes, Lightroom did need to write the new keywords to non-RAW files by creating or updating XMP files. That process took many many hours. So does all this work? You're maybe asking yourself that question, and you can probably tell by my excitement that yes, it does work. A day or two before Christmas, I needed an image of a pizza. Well, I knew I had several pizza images. I didn't have any idea where they might be. So instead of opening Xire search, I tried the Lightroom keyword search. I had never added 
pizza as a keyword, but Exire had recognized several images as ones that contained pizza, and because I had added the Exire keywords to Lightroom, I was presented with a screenful of good choices, enough that it made me hungry. A fully functional trial version that runs for 30 days is available for Search or Search Pro. After the trial period, Search costs $50, Search Pro $100, and if you start with Search and want to upgrade to the Pro version, the cost is $55. XIR Search starts automatically with Lightroom, but it does take longer than Lightroom to become functional. In other words, trying to use the search function immediately after starting Lightroom will probably display a message that asks you to wait a moment. Likewise, when Lightroom shuts down, Xire will take a few extra seconds to close. Neither of these is problematic. So the bottom line here is an enthusiastic five cats. Xire Search and Search Pro make it possible to find the photo you want, exactly the one you want. Adobe Lightroom Classic has face recognition technology and keywords to help you find images you're looking for. Xire's plugin uses generic keywords and image analysis to fundamentally change the process of looking for images. This is a plugin you won't use every day, but it will be a valuable addition every time you do need it. And here's the kind of recommendation that I rarely make. If you use Lightroom CC Classic, XIR Search is more than just helpful, it is essential. You'll find additional details on the XIR website. There is a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. short circuits. The Windows 10 October release is coming soon, or maybe it's already here. When Microsoft released the Windows 10 update version 1809 in October, consternation ensued. Users of updated computers reported that files and directories were missing. Microsoft quickly withdrew the feature update, and it didn't surface again until late December. Your computer may now already have version 1809. If not, you should expect it to be installed soon. Microsoft pushes updates out on the second Tuesday of every month. These are called B releases because they occur in the second week of the month. You know, A is the first week, B is the second week. Clever, Microsoft. Very clever. Microsoft also makes C and D releases available in, that's right, the third and fourth weeks of the month. And in an emergency, they push out an out-of-cycle release to users. I don't know if those get a letter or not. Most of the updates are security updates, but new and improved features are included about twice a year. The October release is one of those feature releases. Well, it's back, and I installed version 1809 on a Surface Pro on the 17th of December. It had already been on a computer that's enrolled in the Windows Insider program since the 4th of October. In fact, most of the users who received the October update in October had no problems with it, but the problems for a small subset of users were so severe that halting distribution made sense. Version 1809 came to my primary computer the weekend before Christmas, so obviously it's working. What are the new features? Well, now you have the dark side. There's an option to choose light or dark for Windows 10 apps, 
Native Windows apps will honor those settings. Desktop apps probably won't, and a lot of people do still use desktop apps. You can turn your phone into a Microsoft device, even if it's not a Microsoft phone. You'd want to do this if you want to send texts from the phone app on your computer. To do this, you have to install the Microsoft phone app on your phone. It'll replace the phone's native launcher or the third-party launcher that you've added. Then you can send texts from a phone app on your computer. You do need to have a smartphone to use the feature, and you use it by linking the phone app on the computer to the smartphone account. The My Phone app is included in the update, but you'll then need to install and update the phone app on your phone. That might be enough to make your head hurt. You can also now use a cloud-based clipboard. This one could be really useful. It's not on by default, though, so you'll have to turn it on, but it's now possible to save something on the clipboard on one computer and retrieve it on another. Seriously, this is something I'll use. It's not uncommon for me to have information on one computer that I'd like to have on another computer. Saving the text or image to a cloud-based drive or a network drive is easy, but the clipboard makes it even easier. You can now grab screen images with the snipping tool. If you don't have Snagit, the snipping tool can be a substitute, but there seems to be a bit of a problem with saving images to the cloud-based clipboard. And, of course, if you have Snagit, you'll use that instead of the snipping tool. And you can change sizes on the screen. Computers with extreme resolution on small screens present hard-to-read text. In addition to the ability to modify overall size, there is now an option to change text size. This is an improvement, but you'll probably spend some time tinkering with it, though, because big, easy-to-read text may cause problems with how things fit on the screen. And speaking of how things fit on the screen, you'll notice some changes on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week. I moved some of the furniture around, painted some of the rooms. This year there are a lot of behind-the-scene changes, probably more than those that are in your face. So here's kind of a quick look at what you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website when you go there and why the changes were made. It was a complete redesign. The website has developed over time the way most software projects do, and that new features were just bolted on to existing components. And around the middle of 2018, I started working on a new arrangement that uses virtually none of the existing code, and any code that was reused has been refactored. The site now takes advantage of Bootstrap Online components. Modern websites have a lot of code in them. HTML5 components, CSS3 components, JavaScript components... The days of trying to design for minimal code are long gone, but methods exist to make even a code-heavy page load a little bit faster. Instead of maintaining a full stable of code on the TechBiter Worldwide website, where your browser would have to download it every time, I use Bootstrap CDN. Bootstrap is the underlying code. CDN indicates it's a content delivery network. There are two primary advantages to this. First, the code is updated regularly to deal with bugs and security issues. And second, because many sites use Bootstrap CDN, your browser probably already has cached the code and won't have to download it. And for that reason, pages load faster. TechBiter Worldwide is now secure. 
All of the primary pages and the 2019 program pages are secure, although you can specify HTTPS for pages created in 2018 and before, you will see a warning that says some insecure elements remain. Secure connections, after all, aren't a big deal for a site like TechBiter, because I don't collect any personal information other than when you fill out a comment form. Now all new pages are delivered with encryption. Hold it, time out. Perhaps you noticed a few weasel words there. Some pages created before 2019 will report as insecure because they contain what's called mixed content. Fixing this would involve updating nearly 1,000 pages, and I simply don't plan to do that. The only page where users would actually share information is the contact page, and it is fully secure. Also, because the pre-2019 pages aren't fully HTTPS compatible, I've chosen not to force the use of Secure Sockets Layer, and the site still does use Transport Security Layer Version 1. TLS Version 1 is being phased out, but TechBiter Worldwide is not an e-commerce site, so that's really not an issue. In short, security isn't essential for this site, but enabling it just seemed like a good idea. And you'll notice there's no longer a column on the right. Spare parts is at the bottom of the page, because over the years I've heard complaints about spare parts being on the right side of the page in the thin column. For years I've promised to do something about it. Well, I finally had time to act on my promises, and the information is now at the bottom of the page. As a result, the main column is wider, so I've increased the amount of space between lines to improve readability. The site is now fully HTML5 compliant. HTML5 added a lot of new features, but I've put off using them until most browsers supported those features. All of the major browsers now support HTML5 more or less completely, so this seemed like a good time to stop using some of the old coding and move fully to HTML5. The layout of the website is now responsive. You might read it on a computer, on a tablet, or on a phone. Screen sizes range from gigantic to tiny, and the site is now responsive to those changing sizes. Some improvements are still possible, particularly for the smallest screen types, but overall the page will now display readably on all screens. There have been some graphical changes. The microphone in the graphic, and RCA 77DX by the way, is the same as it's been for several years, but the banner and the menu now stay at the top of the screen so they're available even if you're at the bottom of a long page. By the way, if you'd like to read more about the RCA 77DX microphone, you'll find information about it on Wikipedia. There's a link there from the TechBiter Worldwide website. The 77DX is one of the best microphones ever made, and I wish I had one but even used 77DX microphones in a condition that will require an extensive overhaul are priced at $2,000 or more. So I'll just stick with my Shure SM7B, which is really a fine microphone. And you won't hear any changes in the podcast, but some of the production elements have been updated to make them more reliable. And starting in late 2018, recordings were mastered directly to the computer instead of to a digital recorder. And there are no audible changes to spare parts, just visual changes. Spare parts only on the website. This week, because there's no way to make electricity move faster, speed gains are achieved by reducing the distance electricity travels inside computers and components. This is measured in microns. 
Monitor manufacturers will show off tremendously wide screens at the Consumer Electronics Show this week in Las Vegas. And the Linux Foundation continues to expand as one of the primary supporters of open source software. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.